everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 86 of the Real Life Runners podcast. As real life runners, sometimes it can be hard to fit everything that we need to into our week when we think about endurance, long runs, strength workouts. So today we're going to talk about something called the multi-system workout, which incorporates a lot of things into one efficient workout. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So the multi-system workout, it's how to best optimize your time spent running. Like you said in the, the beginning, there's a lot of us out here that are trying to run and it's like, well, I got 45 minutes that I can work out with. What's the best thing that I can get done during this time? Right. And we've talked about lots of different things on the podcast before. We've talked about the benefits of long runs, the benefit of speed workout, the benefit of all these different things. But sometimes as real life runners, it can get a little overwhelming. We don't have all the time in the world to just spend making the perfect training plan and incorporating all the, diff- the different things into our week that we know that we should. Yeah. I mean, you ideally, you've got time to get your long run in over the weekend. You get a couple of speed workouts in, hitting different effort levels. You got your strength day. You have days where you're just working on form with some drills. And a nice rest day. You take a nap in the middle of one yeah. of those days because you got nothing else going on. Yeah, because that's what our life looks like. Yeah, exactly. Right. So what is the best bang for our workout buck is kind of what we're thinking here, that's right? That's essentially what we've got. Like sometimes you just need a workout that's going to give you multiple benefits benefits and work multiple systems. So like we've talked about before, there are multiple energy systems in the body. There are the aerobic systems, which are more of the slow burning endurance types of energy systems. And then there's the anaerobic system, which is the more fast burning um, speed types of systems in the body. Yeah. As long as you're doing that ridiculously fast speed for a short enough effort. Um, one of my, my favorites to kind of look and, and well, somewhat laugh at is when the football team's out there doing their like endless full sprints. And I watched them, the coach is like, no, 100% sprint down and back. And they get back and they're all like, you know, hands on their knees, gapping for air. And he goes, all right, 100% down and back. You're, you're not going 100% anymore. Mm-hmm. You are no longer sprinting. Right. Especially if he doesn't give them enough recovery in between right. sets. No, there's no recovery. There's enough recovery right. for him to yell at them that they didn't do the first one fast enough. Right. Well, they weren't sprinting the first time. They're certainly not sprinting the second time. Right. So there are certain workouts that focus more on building your aerobic base, which are those long, longer, slower endurance-based workouts. And then there are workouts that build your speed that are the shorter, faster. They build the, the fast twitch muscle fibers. They build your ability to burn sugar and glycogen and all the anaerobic energy systems. And then there's like a lot of the middle stuff where we're, you know, working on steady state and tempo runs, trying to increase our lactate threshold and all these other things that people like to throw out. There's all these different energy systems. Yeah, you say lactate threshold again. It I just know. excites me. I know. You just hate that, don't you? The VO2 max? And the VO2 max. <laughs> but there's so many different levels that you can train at. And, you know, if, you're, if you've got the time to put in all these different workouts, it's great to sort of sprinkle all of them in. Mm-hmm. But you can also gain some benefits by sprinkling in multiple things. In one workout. Into one workout. Right. So like you, like you said, there's 
Um, there's all sorts of different adaptations that the body can go through and we could list huge amounts of physical adaptations. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we've done this, we've talked about some of these before, but it kind of runs down to, um, you need to get good at providing fuel for your muscles. Mm -hmm. The muscles need to get really good at contracting Mm -hmm. in a, in a good rhythm, right? Not just random contractions, um, and strong contractions. Right. So you're strengthening, you're strengthening the neuromuscular recruitment of the muscles is really what you're doing. Yeah. Like the message that your brain sends down to the muscles to recruit muscle fibers to run, the more you do that and certain workouts will help to recruit more muscle fibers so that every time you're sending that message down, you're actually recruiting more muscle and then you're building up the size of those muscles as well so that you get stronger and faster and all the adaptations you actually want. Yeah. That's why you get those huge, huge adaptations at first, because not only are the muscles that you're recruiting actually gaining strength, but they're now gathering their muscle fibers around them. They're muscle friends. They're muscle friends and they're all doing the same thing. And they're all contracting in this nice steady rhythm. So you get those benefits. Mm -hmm. So you're getting fuel to your muscles. You're making the contractions bigger and stronger. And then you're dealing with waste products. You're either figuring out how to get rid of waste products faster or you're uh, actually being able to run at a level that's that's speedier before the waste products start building up in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. And so all of those adaptations to, to running, like we've talked about, there's increased blood flow, increased capillary density, increased mitochondrial density, like all these fancy terms that we can throw out and that we've talked about on previous episodes. But basically all of those things are building up to exactly what you're saying. And it's basically to make you a better, stronger, and faster runner. Right. So in in theory, there are uh, a whole bunch of studies that have said, well, if you do these types of exercises, you should get these types of adaptations. Mm-hmm. We've covered this on, I don't know, probably at least every other episode that... <laughs> that running and coaching is not that exact of a science. Mm-hmm. You cannot do A, B, and C and expect result X, Y, Z. Right. It's just not how that works. Right. Every person adapts differently. Right. And every individual is going to adapt in the way that their body is going to allow them to adapt. And that's going to base be based on a lot of different factors. It's, it's based on your genetic makeup. It's based on the environment that you're training in, like not just the climate outside, but how much sleep you've given your body, what nutrition you've given your body, like all of these things play a huge role. Your previous level of experience, your previous training cycle, your current training cycle, how far the workout stresses the body, how new that workout is. Like if it's, if it's a workout that's completely new to you and your body's never done that before, it's going to waste a lot more energy just trying to figure out what to do. Right. Because the muscles are not even coordinated to do it. Right. You know, if you've, if you're trying to hold a plank position and you've never done that before, you could have very strong core, but if you're not even in the right position for it, your muscles aren't even sure what they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, try and do a pull up when you've never done a pull up before. It's like, well, which way am I supposed to make my arms work to do this thing? Same thing happens with sprinting. Same thing happens with running at different speeds. Mm -hmm. As you do it more and more, you become more efficient at Right. So, you know, the same workout done two times in a row at the exact same speeds is going to have a complete different stress on the body. Mm -hmm. And because even though it's the same workout, because it's putting a different stress on the body, you're going to therefore get different adaptations from that workout. Right. Exactly. And that's why we talk about activity specific training as well. Like it's very important to train your muscles the way you want to use them or to train in an environment or situation that's similar to how you 
are going to use your body. They've done studies, um, even in academics, that show that kids that study in the same room that they're going to take the test in perform better on the test versus kids that study somewhere else. Or if that's you, fascinating. Yeah, isn't that a good one? So, but like it, it, our brains are just wired to be very environmentally specific. So, same thing. Like if you are in a room. And you're, say you're listening to classical music while you're studying. If you listen to that same music while you're taking the test, you're going to perform better. Same thing with smells. Like our, our body makes these neural connections and it, our body loves homeostasis. There you Thank go. You. So it likes, it likes to go back to what it knows. So if you give it a familiar stimulus, it's going to give you a similar result or, or try, at least try to give you a similar result or try to conjure up those same the same environment that you were in the last time that you had that stimulus. Yeah. That's why visualization works so well. If you, if you imagine that the event has already taken place, even if it never has, and you keep imagining that thing over and over and over again, when you get to the actual environment, your brain's like, Oh, I've done this before. Right. You've never been there, but your brain does not know the difference between this sort of imagination world that you've created and reality. Mm -hmm. And if you repeat it over and over again, it just sort of accepts it. Also why people sometimes struggle if they have to run a race on the same course that they've already had a bad experience on. Yes. Because their brain just goes back to the last time they were on that course. Right. Yeah. To the negative experience that they already had. So because of the imprecision of prescribing workouts for exact benefits, multi-system workouts can really cast a really wide net, right? Like we talked before about um, those threshold runs that you you have to run where you're trying to push your ceiling up, right? And in order to get the benefits of a threshold run, you have to be running at this specific percentage of your heart rate or your VO2 max or whatever it is, right? Right. There's a bunch of different ways to calculate this. And even the fact that there's different ways to calculate where your threshold is kind of puts a gray area into it. But right. It's... Well, there's a huge gray area. There's a big gray area. And yet from, from whatever the training style is that tells you your threshold, like mine, for instance, I'm supposed to, if I'm at a, my, my quote unquote threshold level, it's somewhere between like 535 and 540 per mile. Yeah. But there's some, you're telling me that if I run a 542, I'm not hitting the right Right. Then it's no longer the correct effort. Well, that's what cracks me up sometimes is like if you put your paces into some of these online calculators or some running coaches coach this way, they'll give you your pace range. It'll be like 832 to 847. Like, really? Like, is it that exact? You know, or your same thing with your heart rate. No, but the computer calculated it for them. They didn't sit there and ever actually work the thing out. Right. And then, so they didn't put the effort forth to try and round it for right. you. Exactly. Well, and it's the same thing with heart rate training as well. Yes. You know, like number one, heart rate training is back based on your max heart rate, which is also kind of theoretical. Like that's not exact. Right. Unless you've really gone through the effort of trying to get that thing tested. For right. You. And even then, like, do you really know your max heart rate? <laughs> like even if you push yourself all the way to the max, like how can you be guaranteed that that's actually the highest your heart rate can ever go? Right. Like you, so, there's just an imprecision with it, right? So just the protocol to even find your max heart rate, just it, just reading it sounds painful. Right. But a, a <laughs> lot of the calculations, 
calculations out there and, and all the heart rate zones and all these things, they're based on science and, and it's the best science that we have. Like, so there's definitely benefits to all of that. It's just not as exact as some people will make you believe it is. Right. And I used to be very, very much on, you know, have to hit this for my VO2 max or this for my lactate threshold. And I've started going a lot more based off of, um, I, if I can run at a pace where my heart rate stays the same and stops climbing, that must be my threshold level. Mm. And that pace could vary depending on outside factors. And did I sleep well the night before? Yeah. Is it the middle of the day versus first thing in the morning? Am I running in the humidity? dark? Yeah, exactly. If, if it's a billion degrees outside with a headwind, then your pace is going to be different. And it's not, it's not a specific number. So and it can be way outside that range too. Very much so. But as long as, as you've hit a pace where it's like, okay, well, well, when I'm hitting this effort level correctly, then it should be, my heart rate should do roughly this. So I kind of like bringing in the heart rate a little bit for that guy also. Mm-hmm. I also like running on treadmills because of this, because then right. it helps gain some precision. But but like, is your heart rate really going to be the same, your heart rate zone in January as it is in July? Probably not. Right. It's really just not going to be. And you know, if you're, if you're a couple of seconds out or you're a couple of beats out for your heart rate, does that mean that the workout no longer is giving you that benefit? Fit anymore. Yeah. I just don't think that if I'm supposed to run at 540 and I run 545, that I'm not reaping at least most of the same benefits. Right, right. And so that is one of the major benefits of the multi system workout is that. In, so in a multi-system workout, we really haven't even explained what it is yet. No, yeah. no. Multi-systems are fantastic. Right. All right. So really, it's, So what is a multi-system workout? It's any run that incorporates several different, what I would say are elevated effort levels. Okay. Okay. You can have a whole bunch of two-level workouts. Mm-hmm. Go out for an easy run, put some strides on it. Go off for a run that you're at like a relaxed pace and push the final mile. It's a two-effort level. Um, really, any workout where all of the hard stuff is at the same level and you put a warm-up and a cool-down. Mm-hmm. You got a warm-up in your cool-down level. Like the classic then, tempo run. Yeah, classic right. tempo mm-hmm. run. Re- anything where it's like mile repeats. Hit all of your mile repeats at 5K pace. Mm-hmm. Warm-up, cool-down, and then everything is at 5K pace. When you start hitting more than just one pace for the hard part. And I don't mean that your second pace is where you're like walking to try and catch your breath or like that easy jog to try and, and recover before the next one goes. I mean that some of it's at like tempo pace, some of it's at 5k pace, some of it's at mile pace. Mm-hmm. You're hitting multiple different elevated levels. Mm-hmm. That's a multi-system workout. Okay. Got it. So those elevated levels would be similar to the effort levels that you would put in at races of various distances. Right. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different levels that I I like to to hit. And then depending on what kind of race you're aiming for, depending on what you're trying to get out of the workout, you can pick some of the faster stuff. You can pick some of the longer stuff. You can really cover this whole spectrum. I think really anything from like half marathon pace down to even mile pace, half mile race pace, you can cover a really wide spectrum Mm -hmm. just in a single workout. Right. And we talk about effort level training too. And so you don't have to be hitting specific race paces necessarily, but you could just be really going by effort level. Like we have multi-system effort-based workouts as well with our athletes. And it's like, okay, we're going to run a minute at level two, and then we're going to pick it up to a level four, and then we're going to pick it up to a level six, and then maybe we'll drop down back down to like a three, and then we'll go back up to an eight. Like anytime you're going multi-levels like that, you're putting in those different higher level speed work. And and when you do it as a pure effort-based workout, it is really, you've got the mental capacity where you're trying to figure out like, 
I need to go a little bit yeah. faster. How much now, am I actually pushing? But this is not a sprint. Right. It's, it's faster than I was just going. This isn't a six. It's it's more like an eight. And you yeah. really have to think about what all these different levels are, mm-hmm. and actually how incredibly talented you are that you can tune your body into this variety of numbers. Yeah, in in a way, having those paces, those different pace ranges to hit, makes the workout a lot easier. It does make the workout easier. Yeah. It's why I like doing workouts on treadmills. <laughs> Because you just have to press the up button a couple times. You shut the brain <laughs> off and just beep, 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 and off you go. Yeah. So each multi-system workout ha- will tax a variety of body systems. And then your body is also going to have to fight fatigue on multiple fronts. Because your body fatigues differently when you're running a mile pace versus if you're running a half marathon pace. Right. And there's different physical fatigues and mental fatigues that you're yes. trying to overcome oh, inside sure. of the same workout. Mm-hmm. Like there's that dull ache that everything starts hurting at the end of a really long run. And then there's the part where like the end of an all out 400, where you literally don't feel like you can lift your leg up anymore. That's a different fatigue. Mm-hmm. Both of them are fatigue. Burning. But it's that muscle burn. Yeah. One of them is literally the burn. One of them feels Ooh. like someone strapped a piano to your back. There's all sorts of level. There's or that cramp that, you know, is like building. And as soon <laughs> <laughs> it's just like right at the verge of grabbing you, but you're just trying to fight it off. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's astounding how many different ways running can make your body say, ouch, <laughs> and how you can then make your brain say, no, 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 we're going to keep going at this pace. Right. So the multi-system workout is really like a jack of all trades kind of workout. Like you are working multiple body systems. You are working at multiple paces. You are just, and your body has to try to figure it all out. That's kind of the fun part about it too, is that you keep your body guessing. It's the fun and the challenge of this And the thing. challenge, right. So, I mean, I, th- I love multi-system workouts. I find them to be super fun. Yeah, I find them to be super painful, but mm-hmm. you love them and yeah. and they're they're easy to make up yeah. because you can just be as they're cre- not boring. Well, they're not boring and you can be as creative as you want with these mm-hmm. things. Um, but when you keep showing up, you got to realize the first couple times you try one of these, it might not go very well yeah. because they're not easy. Mm-hmm. So think of it literally as the jack of all trades. Remember the back half of that cliche, master of none you're going to go as best as you can in all of the different systems. And maybe the first time it's not going to go very well. But if you keep hitting these multi-systems and you really, you're testing your body in all sorts of different ranges and you keep going back to these workouts over and over, eventually you're going to be able to look back and see that that progress was enormous, Mm -hmm. which is, is a really nice, nice benefit. Cool. All right. So now let's talk about some options for multi-system workouts. Yay. Yay. (laughs) All right. Option one start fast and then move back to more of a steady pace. Okay. So these are like the workouts that you give me when you're like, uh, now you have to hit race pace. Like first you have to hit a whole bunch of really fast 400s and then you have to fall into your race pace. Like, so it's like, it's like racing on tired legs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This is a great way to prep yourself for a longer run. I think like a longer race, 10 K half marathon. If you don't have time to go off on like a 10, 12 mile run, but you still want to feel fatigued. Like how can you actually experience the fatigue of the last three miles of a half marathon? Mm -hmm. If you don't run the first 10, just do two miles really fast. Trust me, your legs will feel plenty heavy mm-hmm. when you then try and push three miles. Mm-hmm. So I like do like a one mile at literally your one mile, maybe your two mile race pace. That's fast. It's very fast. 
is a very fast mile and then take an incomplete recovery. Like if you, if you actually did a one mile all out, you would need to take like two to three times as much time as that took. So if you Mm -hmm. go all out and you hit it in seven minutes, Mm -hmm. you're looking at like at least a 15 minute recovery off of that before you can do the next thing. Instead, I'm saying take like a four to five minute recovery Mm -hmm. and then start the next part. Mm -hmm. And the next part is a tempo run, something around your like one hour race pace, somewhere between 10 K and half marathon, depending on how fast you are Mm -hmm. and hold that tempo run for up to 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, so your legs are dead after the mile that you just did. And now you have to try to hold the race pace. Yes. Yeah. It's the, it's very similar to the brutal workout that I flashed back to in last podcast, couple podcasts ago. Yeah. I don't remember which one, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where it's like, take it out really fast, yeah, kill you, your like, legs. You PR'd and then had to go. And now, longer. and now continue running and not continue running on a cool down, but continue running at a pretty good effort, yeah. not a crazy effort, but still a pretty good effort. Um, the, uh, the extra challenge to this one is if you finish that like medium effort level and then come back and have to hit a couple of fast things like mm-hmm. fast quarters or fast two hundreds at the end of yeah, it. Yeah. So you're doing speed on the front and the back. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun little speed sandwich. Uh-huh. Oh, speed sandwich. <laughs> that's, that's what we should name the workout when I program it into my watch next time. But it's re- it's the opposite. It's a tempo sandwich with speed bread is really what it is. It's not a speed sandwich. <laughs> no one names their sandwich off the breading. True. True story. All right. Option number two would be the cut down workout, which are super fun. All right. So this is a classic. So the, the easiest way to explain this is it's the opposite of what we just said. Start with some sort of tempo interval where Mm -hmm. you're going like 20 to 30 minutes at like a good pace, but nothing insane faster than your normal pace, but something between like 10 K and half marathon pace. And then once you're done with that and your legs are sort of accumulated some, some fatigue, then drop down and try and do substantially faster stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and now do two by 800 at your one mile race pace. Mm-hmm. Like that's a two by 800 at one mile race pace is hard to begin with, mm-hmm. let alone if you're following it coming off of 30 minutes at your half marathon race pace. Yeah. So it combines both those systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like the classic, like 16, 12, 8, 4, cut down. Cut down, yeah. yeah. Like uh, where you go one mile rest, 1,200 meters, which is the same as three quarters of a mile rest, half a mile rest, quarter rest. Yeah, or my personal favorite on a cut down workout is quarters. Four sets of four quarters. So you end up with 16 quarters. Okay. And every set keeps getting faster. Ooh, ouch. So your first set is at something like 10K pace. You've never really given me that one before. Oh, this is just brutal. Yeah. I love it. I love the workout, but it's, it is, I mean, just thinking about it makes my legs a little bit sore. Mm-hmm. So you start at like 10K pace and then your next round is at 5K pace mm-hmm. and you're, you hit the first round, you're done with four and you're like, this is not even a hard workout. And then you hit the 5K ones. You're like, oh, okay, I see what, I see what's happening here. Uh-huh. And then the next one's <laughs> at 3K pace. And then the last one is at mile pace and it's brutal because you're already three miles of speed into it. And now you have to hit four quarters at your one mile race pace. Now the the nice part is as the speed gets faster, you keep getting more and more recovery. Mm -hmm. So on 10 K pace, you're getting maybe like 25% recovery at Mm -hmm. 5 K pace. It's 50% at three K. However fast that quarter was, that's the same recovery on your mile as 
So if you, if you do a quarter in two minutes, you'd get your recovery in two minutes equal. And then on your mile race pace, it's, it's like somewhere between one and a half and double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get track. more recovery than it takes you to actually run the interval. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the cut down workout is a classic one. That's a really good one. That's a fun one. Yeah. I don't know about that four by four by 400 thing that well, you, you just can, talked about. That doesn't sound so fun, but you can simplify it. You can just shrink some numbers. You can make it four sets of two quarters yeah, and then it's, it's two miles worth of stuff and you just keep cutting it down. Okay. You know, and, or, you know, if you want a middle ground, you can put three, Ooh, just play with the numbers. There we go. All right. Let's talk about the next one. Let's talk about pyramids. Oh, pyramids. We can't talk about pyramids without referencing back to one of my favorite things at practice. This was from at least a decade ago that I told the kids that they were going to do a pyramid workout and the one girl completely looked over her shoulder and goes, coach, where's the pyramid? She expected there to be one in the middle of the field. <laughs> she thought that we were literally going to run up and down a pyramid that I had like constructed one in the middle of the <laughs> Coach, where's the pyramid? Yeah. First, we're going to fly to Egypt. <laughs> like, the, I think she was a sophomore at the time. We were still making the joke three years later during her senior year. Of oh, like, where's, where's tell the me, pyramid? Tell me after we're done recording who was that actually said that. <laughs> so, okay. So the pyramid is another classic workout. And so basically you're going to build up one side and then down the other. So as you, when you start, you're going to start with a shorter distance and then you're going to go a little bit of a longer distance and then a little bit of a longer distance. And then you're going to go back down shorter distance. And then again, a shorter distance. So it's similar to the cut down workout and the start fast and move to steady, except it's both. Right. So the classic pyramid would be quarter mile rest, half mile rest, one mile rest, Half a mile rest, quarter mile rest. Yes. Or you can go nuts and put the three quarter miles in there also. Yeah. So 400, three, 800, 1200 yeah. mile, 1200, 800, 400. Yeah. It's a lot. It, that's a lot of miles, but it's it's a good workout. The pyramids are fun. Pyramids, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they can be fun. The, if you put the 1200s in, those are usually the most painful mm-hmm. because they're they're still at a pretty good effort level and it's it's three laps of a track or mm-hmm. I mean, it's three quarters of a mile. That's a good time that you're you're out there going. Yeah. The mile is usually not the most brutal because it's the slowest it's of all the, the things slowest paces, right. Well, so, but there's a couple of different ways you can do pyramids also. Like you can do them where you have to hit faster speeds if the distance is shorter and then as the distance gets longer your speed gets slower or the one that you gave me a week or two ago where the speed stays the same on every single single interval the only thing that changes is the amount of recovery you get right which it's it's a different workout for yeah. this one let's say that that one was tough that one was tough on its own it, they, there's so many ways to tweak very classic workouts. There's a reason why the pyramids are classic workouts because you can manipulate them and try and get all sorts of different advantages and just change little tiny things like what the recovery is, which effort were you hitting at? I've seen this workout where everything is done at 5k pace. On this one where we're talking about multi-systems, I would do it very much like what we were talking about with the last one. Do 400, 800 mile, make it at like mile race pace, 5K race pace, 10K race pace, and then bring it back down to 5K race pace and then mile race pace. So that last 400, you are really cranking it. Mm-hmm. That one gives you a shot also that because it goes up and comes back down, your last thing's a quarter. Mm-hmm. If you're like, uh, I'm just going to let it rip. Yeah. This is the kind of workout where it's like, I can re- I'm can. i tired, but what the heck, let's see what I've got yeah. left in the tank and, and let's go for it. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun to put in there at the end. All right. 
Finally, um, let's talk about speed work into a long run. All right, so we had a whole episode on long runs and how you can add speed work into them. Um, these are a little bit more of of a two level workout, but I think it's um, I think it's, it's useful in this episode because it does still fall into the category of how do you optimize your time. So a couple of examples, just at the the end of a long run make it into a fast finish run. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to go, you were hoping to get in like an 18 mile run, but you have time to get in a 12 mile run, just pick up the final two miles off that one. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in, maybe you don't have time for 15 miles, but you do have time for five miles at your normal easy pace and five miles at say like your half marathon or your marathon goal pace. Mm-hmm. You're still getting really good, very endurance based stuff. Mm-hmm. In in these cases, I wouldn't push the pace all that much maybe take it down to like half marathon pace because you're what you're really trying to do is say how do i get this extra endurance type of workout when i don't have time to go for a 20 miler mm-hmm. it's like okay well make it a 12 miler but put in a little bit of speed in the middle of it right where you you hone into your half marathon pace yeah but with that being said i i agree with what you're saying but it's also important that if you are training for your first marathon i think you definitely need the longer runs. Like you can't just replace a 20 miler with a 12 miler with speed in it and get the same benefits. Like I think that that substitution is much better suited for someone that has the miles already under their belt. Yeah. Or, or someone who has time that they can actually get in both. Right. Like I think that it is really important that you have at least some effort mm-hmm. of being out there for the 18, 20 miles right. that you can get that in. But yeah, I just like didn't a, want someone hearing this episode to think like, oh, there's a 20 miler on my schedule. They said that I could just replace that with 12 miles with some speed work in the middle. Like, eh, no, not exactly. That's not, that's not <laughs> what we're saying at all. So let's just make sure that we're clear on that. Like, so we're saying that in your marathon training cycle that you should be building, but there should be multiple long runs, like 18 miles, 20 miles, you know. So it, instead of having to do all of those long runs on the weekends that you could replace like one or two of those throughout the training cycle with something like this. Yeah. Especially if you have a marathon training cycle, that's like six months long, you're going to have a few months where you're, you're already bought your body's at that point where you've built up to somewhere between what 17 and 20 miles Mm -hmm. as your, as your weekend long run. Mm -hmm. They don't all have to be that you could, you could sub out a couple of them and try this kind of thing instead. Right. So like instead of maybe three, 20 milers, like maybe just do one or two and then throw a, one of these kind of things in instead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it is, is it's not a complete replace. Um, and, and it kind of slides us into the last point that I wanted to cover here is what are the pitfalls of multi-system workouts? Mm-hmm. Cause we really, we spent a good 30 minutes praising the awesomeness of them. And I really think they are yeah. fantastic workouts. Right. You love them. I do love them. Um, which is a little, little scary, but why is it scary? Because they are really painful workouts. That's, that's part of the pitfalls. They are incredibly difficult. And Mm -hmm. if you don't accept how difficult the workout is, you're not going to give it the appropriate recovery time. Oh, if you don't accept the difficulty of the workout, you're not going to give it the proper recovery. That's interesting. So you can't just say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do a multi-system workout. I normally work out Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm. I'll just do a multi-system on Tuesday and I'll do my normal whatever I had planned on Thursday. Your Thursday is probably not going to go that well. Ah. A multi-system workout is (laughs) remarkably taxing. Huh. And if you just like, 
this is the other thing is you can't just replace all of your workouts with these guys because you're just going to overtrain. Yeah. You're going to burn out so fast. Mm. Like you're going to get probably reap some amazing benefits early on, but you are going to be so fatigued so quickly. Like you really need to take yourself to the level where it's like, Oh, don't worry. I get to take a three hour nap in the middle of the day. Like you need to have that lifestyle Mm -hmm. if you're going to be working these guys all the time. Right. Or instead of doing two speed workouts a week, you could just change it and just do one speed workout a week, do one of these multi-system workouts and then replace your other workout day with an easy run. Yes. Yes. And one of the other issues I have with this is a lot of these multi-system workouts are fairly high mileage. Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure that you are capable of handling the volume of speed coming at you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing a workout that has five miles worth of speed yeah. and the most you can possibly run is five miles, you might not be ready for some of these guys. Yeah. And you can tone them down a little bit and still work it into a thing. Like you can do a pyramid that only goes uh, like 200, 400, 800, 400, 200, mm-hmm. you know, reduce the volume off of this. You're going to get a little bit of a, a different payoff for that. But a lot of these workouts, the ones that we've gone through and explained, are like four or five miles worth of speed. So it's it's a lot going on with that guy. Yeah, that's true. And not only um, are they high in mileage or they tend to be higher in mileage, but they take more time a lot of times to do. Like not even if the mileage is kind of what you would normally run, you have to incorporate all those recovery times into your run. So a lot of times they can take longer time-wise than if you were to go out and just run five miles. Yes. Like the pyramids take forever to run. Um, Quarter after quarter after quarter takes a long time. One of my favorites, try and cram it into lunchtime because one of the best perks of my job is that I can sometimes jump on a treadmill during lunch, is the fast mile into a steady run Mm -hmm. because you warm up, you kind of like get your legs ready and then you're going. Then you get a fast mile. It's a fast mile. There's almost no recovery and you go right into the steady part. Mm -hmm. You can go right from the steady into a cool down and poof, the workout's done. Yeah. And then that makes you feel like you've used your time very wisely. Yes. It's a very efficient workout Mm -hmm. is is that first guy. Pyramids on the other hand, take a long time to get through. Mm -hmm. And finally, like you said before, the multi-system workout tends to be a jack of all trades, but master of none. So while the multi-system workout will work multiple systems at the same time, you're not really honing in and really optimizing any one system. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and one, one final thing I wanted to add on this one, I think that's, that's a good point of, uh, you're not hitting anything that's super race specific. Um, besides your body is super fatigued. It's hard to mentally come back from some of these guys. Mm-hmm. You got to dig pretty deep to get through some of these things. Yeah. Like, you know, we pointed this out earlier is it has the mental fatigue from a whole bunch of different angles. Mm-hmm. So you could be both physically and mentally wiped out off of this. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need a few days to recover. Like you had said, yeah. maybe only one workout that week. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that pretty much wraps up what we have to say about the multi-system workout. Like we really, really like these and we definitely incorporate them in our own training. Like you've been able to hear (laughs) throughout this episode. And we definitely um, give these to our athletes a lot as well. I mean, not a lot, I should say appropriately. I mean, (laughs) 
personally, I like to incorporate one every few weeks okay. just because it gets a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if I if I just kind of throw one in there, I won't go overboard with with the intensity. It'll have like half marathon and 10K effort in the same thing. Mm-hmm. And neither one of those is going to strain me all that much. Right. When you start hitting the like half marathon and then drop it to 5K and mile, yeah. your, your legs and head are shot by yeah, the end of that thing. that's true. That's true. So if you need to mix up your your training a little bit, maybe think about incorporating one of these multi-system workouts into your plan. But like we said before, just make sure that you are getting enough recovery time afterwards and and treating yourself appropriately after these. So if you would like some help with your training, you can please head over to our website at realliferunners.com and you can check out our different coaching options there. We've got training plans. We've got personalized coaching. We have some free downloads um, for strengthening for runners, for some speed workouts for runners. So you can check out the website, realliferunners.com. Um, and you can also check out our show notes over there as well as some other fun stuff that we have for you. One last thing, if you haven't already, please leave us a review on iTunes and share the show with a friend so that we can continue growing our tribe of real life runners. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. 